Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Your boss called and said, I want you to come in tomorrow and I want you to give me six hours off the clock. Just cause. What? You feel all kind of some kind of way about that. It'll be all different, right? Submission happens when we're told to do something for which we don't really understand or we don't agree. When God tells us to do something, I don't understand that. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But God said, do it. Now I submit to it. If they would submit, it would bring separation. Obviously, it would distinguish them from the world around them. And it would bring holiness. It would cause them to be distinct and separate unto the Lord. God gave Israel very specific rules what kind of animals they could eat and couldn't eat. Even though they might not have all the reasons behind it, they were still commanded to follow him. Today we know it was for their health and that they'd be better off abstaining from certain types of food. Pastor Bill wants you to know that today, even if the purpose behind it might be unclear, God's commands and directions for your life need to be followed. They're his will and for your good, even if you don't know how. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 10 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. It wasn't like God was saying, I'm keeping you from something good just because. There was a reason beyond that. Yes, it would bring separation. It would identify you as my people and it would keep you guys healthy. You guys wouldn't be subject to the diseases and the parasites and the infections and the things that the other nations around you would be. They'll be overall sicker than God's people. They'll be overall unhealthier. They'll have issues that God's people won't have. And the only one that knew what he was talking about was God. As God gave out this instruction, I don't know that they had all the background that we have. They needed to hear it and obey it by faith, just like we do. There are things in God's word that I don't understand. I don't know why that's a rule. I don't know how come that's how it has to be. But that's what God said. And if God said it, we trust that he knows best. We just do it. It'll be good for us to submit to his word. It's always going to be best for us to submit. And I think especially when it's submission only really happens when you don't understand or you don't agree. When you tell me to do something I want to do, I'm not submitting. I'm doing. I'm happy that you've asked me to do what I want to do. Someone in authority over you tells you, if your boss from work calls and says, hey, I want you to take the day off with pay and have a great time. You'd be like, yes, boss. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, no problemo. Your boss calls and says, I want you to come in tomorrow and I want you to give me six hours off the clock just because. What? You feel all kind of some kind of way about that. It'd be all different, right? Submission happens when we're told to do something for which we don't really understand or we don't agree. When God tells us to do something, I don't understand that. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But God said, do it. Now I submit to it. If they would submit, it would bring separation. Obviously, it would distinguish them from the world around them and it would bring holiness. It would cause them to be distinct and separate unto the Lord. If they wouldn't obey, then they would suffer what everybody else around them suffered. So something that we could challenge ourselves and look at ourselves and, and just evaluate ourselves is, do I obey God? Um, and not in the things that for which I want to do, I agree, but in the areas where you've been challenged, the areas where God has spoken to you and your flesh is like, I don't like that. Um, I mean, I know people that are saved and they know the Lord and they've been walking with God. They've experienced his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. And then somebody offend them and you tell them you need to forgive and they act like, it's a new commandment. Huh? Like, well, they didn't apologize. That's not what the Bible say. You just got to forgive. Because that's what God says do. And we don't have to understand it. I don't have to understand how that would be. You just forgive them. Just forgive them. 
Um, you know, there are things that God would give us to do. And we say, man, if I behave like that, my natural mind says they're going to take advantage of me. If I just let that go, if I just let the people are going to walk all over me, that's what our natural mind thinks. And so we don't want to obey. And God would say, no, I just, I've told you how to behave. I want you to be forgiving. I want you to let it go. I want you to let me be in charge of your life. Let me be Lord. And so I challenge everybody to consider any area of the word where God speaks to you, has spoken to you, or it's just written in the Bible that your flesh is challenged by. It's hard for you. I don't understand. That. I'm not sure. I don't get how come God wants that, um, that we would find ourselves submitted and obedient. Um, it will distinguish us. It'll separate us as his people. And it pleases the Lord. Um, their obedience would please the Lord and bless them. Their disobedience would not please the Lord and it would not bless them. In verse eight, their flesh you shall not eat and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. And if you want to circle in your Bible, shall not eat and shall not touch. And I just would point this out. If God tells you you can't eat something, would it be a good idea to walk around holding it? I'm not eating it, though. I'm not eating it, though. You know, would that be wise? That's what some people want to do with sin. Um, they want to hold it as close as they can hold it and say, but I'm not doing it. How many of you guys have seen little kids, annoying little kids? And they'll put a finger in another kid's face as close as they can get to their face. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. And a face, the finger is right here. But some of you guys, I know some annoying little kids that do stuff like that. But finger right in the face. But they're like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Just as close as they can possibly get until somebody smacks their hand out the way or whatever. There are people that that's what they do with sin. They want to get so close to it. Um, right up on it. And But I'm not doing it. I'm not crossing the line. You stay there long enough. And before you know it, you're going to be over the line. You flirt with sin long enough. You stay that close long enough. You'll eventually be right there in it. You'll just drift right on over at some point. If God says don't eat it, it'd be a really good idea not to touch it. Uh, kind of reminds me of Genesis 3.3. If you guys remember when Satan was talking to Eve, um, we know that God had commanded that they wouldn't eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. We weren't there when she got the instruction from Adam, but Adam may have added, don't even touch it. Because when Satan came to her and said, you know, hey, did God say that you couldn't eat of all the trees of the garden? She says, well, of all the trees of the garden, we may freely eat. But Genesis 3, 3, of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said that we should not eat it or touch it, at least we die. Probably her husband gave her that bit of extra, you know, don't eat it, don't even touch it. And again, I mean, I think that'd be a good idea, right? If I can't eat chocolate cake, do I got any business touching it? Not really. Um, there are things that God would say, I don't want you to eat it. I don't want you to touch it. So I would look at that and I look at the life of believers and just say that I believe that we need to be as far away from that, which is prohibited. Uh, we don't want to flirt with sin. We don't want to be right on the line of it. We don't want to test the limits. Um, people do this in relationships. You know, we're going out and we're not fornicating, but we're doing everything you can do just shy of actually fornicating. Y'all sinning. That's it's so much sin happens before you actually sin. You're way too close. You don't belong there. If I don't supposed to be drinking, should I be at the drinking place where everybody else is drinking? Um, I mean, how many of you guys would believe me if you walked up and saw me with a joint in my hand and I said, like Bill Clinton, I didn't smoke it though, I just held it. Nobody would believe that, right? I don't even belong in that predicament. I don't belong there. So lesson there. If there are things that are prohibited, things that God has called you away from, things that God has commanded you not to do, to get far away, get far away from it. 
I mean, put it out of your life. Put the trappings of it. Put the paraphernalia of it. Just get rid of it altogether. It's not part of your life anymore. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Get away from it. Moving on. Verses 9 through 12, the sea creatures. It's going to mess up some of y'all. Well, this would have messed up some of us. Some of y'all bubble gump eating, you know, crab and scrimp eating people. This would be a problem. But verses 9 through 12 said, these you may eat of all that are in the water. Whatever in the water has fins and scales, whatever in the sea or in the river that you may eat. So if it has fins and scales and it's in the water, you can eat it. That would eliminate catfish. Um, that would eliminate sea creatures. That eliminate scrimps. That eliminate, you know, all the things, all the bottom eaters, the lobsters, all the things that, you know, y'all go to Red Lobster licking your chops for. It'll all be off the menu. Um, it's got to have scales and fins for it to be edible for you. Verse 10, but all that is in the sea or in the rivers that do not have fins or scales, all that move in the water or any living thing that is in the water, they are an abomination to you. They shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. Whatever in the water does not have fins or scales, that shall be an abomination to you. And so again, God says, hey, concerning the sea creatures, if it doesn't have fins, it doesn't have scales, you guys can't have it. And ultimately, no bottom feeders. What do we know about bottom feeders? What are they ultimately? What's another word for a bottom feeder? Scavenger, right? God is saying, God didn't make that for you guys. No scavengers. Um, as much as I love shrimp, um, I mean, when you look at what they really are, when I used to have a saltwater aquarium and I had all the little, you know, sea stuff that you have in there. I had anemones and all the live stuff in there and you would be constantly cleaning the tank of algae and the fish defecate in the water and all this stuff. And I talked to a guy at one of the, the shops, he says, you need to get a tank janitors. You tell them how big your tank is and they put together a package. And in that package, there are crabs. There are certain types of shrimp. There are all these animals that what they do is scavenge through the tank, eating the boo-boo, the fish poo, the algae, all the nastiness. They eat it and your tank stays clean longer. And I remember getting that thing and I put all those animals in there and my tank stayed clean longer. And so I realized that, wow, that's what they do. After all the fish up here swam, ate the good food and let it go. There's scrimp down there saying, mm, give me that. <laughs> and then that's what we go buy at the restaurant. So I ain't trying to mess up y'all, you know, y'all eating or whatever. But God was saying for his people, it's off the menu. I got better for you guys. Some of the processes we have, they didn't have. Um, it was better for them health wise that they didn't have this in their diet. And so God had taken sea creatures off of the menu for them. Um, I was looking at the whole idea of fins and scales and and just saying, is there anything I can draw from that, any analogy? And I'll just point this out. Fins are how they move through the waters. It's what propels them. It's what causes them to move through the water. For fish, scales provide protection. The scales on the fish, they usually go this way with the fish. And it provides some protection from uh, some of the different things that happen in the water and whatnot. And two things I just thought of. Um, you know, as the, the fish move through the water, the fins that propel them, move them on. This is just by way of analogy. I'm not saying when God wrote this to these people, that's what it meant. Please follow me here. Just by way of analogy, right? One way that the Bible speaks of water is the water is the word. And so as I looked at the fin and just what propels you through the word, what strengthens them, what moves them through the water, what propels them through it. I do believe for us, and I've spoken to people who are, they're trying to get into the word and they just feel like, man, it's dry. I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm reading it. I'm not getting anything. I'm just... I'm just 
dead. It's dry. I'm not getting fed. I don't feel like it's coming to life. And but also there have been times where, you know, you could be in the word and it's just illuminated. Right. God's just the word is just going pow, 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 just popping up and speaking to you. It's coming alive to you. Um, I believe that we need as we pray before we get into the word. God, I need your Holy Spirit as I get into the word. I want you to move me through your word today. I don't want it to be dry. I don't want to come away from this book with nothing from you. And so we should pray that. God, before I get into the word, I'm asking that you would speak to me through it. Either you would bring this book to life. I know it was written a long time ago to people way back when. Right now we're in the minor prophets. God, these things were written long ago to people of a different era that were going through different things, but it's the living word of God. So would you speak to me, Lord? Would you speak to me through these pages? Would you illuminate this? Would you, by your Holy Spirit, bring it to life? Give me something today, God, that I can live off of, that I can feed off of. Um, and so... That's one aspect of it. As I look at the scales and the idea of protection, I know that we're to put on the armor of God. I know that we're in battle. I think of the fish that are in the sea. They're constantly preyed upon. Um, if you're a fish, I mean, we like to eat them, right? They got to be. Fish are in the sea, constantly preyed upon by lots of different things. Um, for the believer, yes, as we're making our way through the word, as we're going about this life, living for the Lord. If you're walking with God, you're also at war. Um, and some of you have experienced, I know I've experienced warfare. And um, <laughs> warfare is warfare. Nobody signs up for it. No one says, God, this week, would you really pour it on heavy? I really want to go through some war. I've never prayed that prayer. Um, that has never stopped it from coming. It comes when it comes. And I will say this. What has God given us? Like, what do we have? We're not these helpless little flopping fish when the enemy comes or when there's warfare, there's attack. God's given us everything we need for victory in the spirit realm. Um, Ephesians 6 speaks about taking on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I wonder sometimes if we're not so familiar with those things that we don't even think of them when we're going through it. You start going through a trial, you start going through some warfare, you don't even think about what God's given you. I've heard about the armor of God, blah, blah, blah. You just start calling friends and then just going through whatever you're going through. It'd be good for you when you go through it. When the war is on, when the battle is on to say, God, you've given me everything I need. I'm, let me take up Ephesians 6 and just read through. What are the weapons of my warfare? Lord, what do I have? What can I put on? What can I take up? Make sure that I have the helmet of salvation. Make sure I have the shield of faith. Make sure my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Make sure I have, you know, all the things that God, the breastplate of righteousness. Make sure I have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Make sure I'm praying in the spirit always. Make sure I'm in communication. God, let me check through these things before I step out today. Because I know I'm at war. I know I'm under attack. I know it's happening. I know it's going to come again. Let me take on, let me put on what you gave me so that I'm not going out to battle uncovered. And so um, just a reminder for us, you guys, that uh, sometimes it does get heavy and God has given us everything that we need. Um, back to the idea of the bottom feeder and God just saying, I don't want you guys taking in these things. Uh, just another analogy. I believe that for you and I, God doesn't want us taking in the junk of this world. God doesn't want you and I to be bottom feeders, just taking up junk, taking on whatever just falls. And we live in a filthy, fallen world and it's dropping stuff left and right on the radio, on the TV, out of people's mouths, in the magazines, in the books, everywhere you look on the Internet, on your Facebook, there's just stuff being dropped. The world's just dropping its junk. It's dropping its opinions, dropping its views, dropping its politics, just drop, 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 drop. Be careful. That you're not just bottom feeding, taking that all in. I think it's a shame when you speak to a Christian. I mean, they love God. They believe in the Bible, but they've taken in so much of the world. They sound like what they've been listening to. 
I spoke to someone this week that obviously has been listening to a lot of radio and television about some stuff that are going on in the world, and that's what they sounded like. They sounded like what they've been listening to. They didn't sound like the Bible. The things they were saying, not in agreement with the Holy Spirit, not what the Bible says we should be doing. It's not in keeping with the spirit and the heart of God. And you listen, you're like, where'd you get that from? You feel so passionately about that. Where are you getting fed that from? You're bottom feeding. Turn your TV off and pick up your Bible. Turn the radio off and pick up your Bible. Stop talking to other people that don't know God and pick up your Bible because now you sound like that instead of sounding like him. We got to be so careful. Because the world is nonstop saying, here, 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 I'll give you what to think. I'll give you how to feel. The world will tell you what to think, how to feel. And if you take it up, you'll start looking like, smelling like, sounding like everything that it is. Um, but if we'll stay in these pages, we'll let off a different fragrance, the fragrance of Christ. There'll be a difference about you. And it'll keep us separated from the world. And we have to be careful about that. Um, real quick, if you're writing notes. You can write down Psalm 101, verse 3. And uh, just like in that psalm, the psalmist writes here, um, Psalm 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And just being careful. Um, I think what we bring before our eyes, uh, what comes in our ears, everything, that we be cautious about that which we take in. Uh, moving on now to the birds, verse 13 through 19. And these you shall regard as an abomination. Among the birds, they shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the kite, and the falcon after its kind. Every raven after its kind. The ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull. Who would eat a seagull? I don't know. The seagull and the hawk after its kind. The little owl, the fisher owl, and the screech owl. The white owl, the jackdaw, and the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron, and after its kind, the hoop and the bat. Um, I don't know who would ever consider eating a bat either. So, but let's go back. Now, just reading through it, um, he didn't give any specifications. He didn't say if it had a certain kind of beak or a certain kind of thing. But as you read through this list, there's a common uh, thing on the list. These are all birds of prey. These are all birds that prey on others for their feeding. God said, they'll all be unclean to you. All these birds that prey on other animals that they live by killing other things, which is really awesome if you watch Animal Channel, those things. These are the birds that I want to watch. I want to watch the falcon. I want to watch the eagle hunt. I want to watch those things swoop down and pick up some helpless little squirrel and just start picking it apart. Uh, but God says, those things are unclean for you guys. Um, again, as I read this, I realize that um, for them, God said these are off the menu. These, these, these won't be something you can eat. Um, is there something we can take away um, by way of analogy? When I think of an animal of prey, I realize that these things live by destroying others. Now, in the animal kingdom, that's how God set it up. But I would just give this out in a way of analogy that we want to be careful believers that we're not preying on other people, that we're not those that are getting by in this life by tearing other people down, um, that we're not looking to get ahead by ruining other people, that I'm not sustaining my life by ruining yours, um, that we wouldn't be those that are praying, uh, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, that we wouldn't be like that. Um, the Bible warns, uh, Paul said that we got to be careful as believers when we're biting and devouring one another, that we're destroying our own, this we're Christ's body. And sometimes what happens when the body of Christ is not 
actively doing what it's supposed to do, which is reaching out, it starts to devour itself. Starts picking at itself, talking about each other, putting each other down, being hypercritical of each other. And, and next thing you know, now instead of the body all coming together to, to reach out for God, we just start eating ourselves up, devouring ourselves. Be careful that we don't become that. Um, next on the menu that God is dealing with is the uh, flying and creeping things. Verses 20 to 23. All flying insects that creep on all fours shall be an abomination to you. Yet these you may eat of every flying insect that creeps on all fours. So these are the insects and creeping things that you can eat. Um, of those which have jointed legs above their feet with which to leap on the earth. So grasshoppers you could eat. These you may eat, the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, and the grasshopper after its kind. But all other flying insects which have four feet shall be an abomination to you. Um, I don't know that anybody's going to be bummed out about this section. Um, the, of the things that are edible for us, I don't know anybody here that's got a regular diet of locusts or you know grasshopper or anything like that. But he just says, hey, these things are taken off of the menu um, they're considered unclean. You're not going to have them. These are the ones that you can eat. Um, and I thought of John the Baptist when I read this earlier that he was distinguished in the time in which he lived and he ministered for the Lord. He was distinguished in a couple ways. His diet distinguished him. Uh, he had a diet of locusts and wild honey. And so what he ate distinguished him. It was unique. It wasn't like everybody else. And also how he dressed and uh, camel skins. I just imagine John the Baptist, you know, when I... Picture him in my mind. I imagine this wild looking bearded man with big crazy hair and just camel skin and just honey dripping down his big beard. You know, just a guy that's like, I don't care about fashion. I'm on a mission. I'm just repent. You know, that he was about one thing. That's what he did. He came and that's what he did in this life. And so, again, they're told what not to eat, what they can't eat as far as the insect, the animal kingdom. And uh, I got to keep it moving from there. Now, verses 24 to 28, if you look through this section, you'll see a couple words a few different times. You'll see the word touches, carries a few different times. And I just would point this out that the things that were unclean, the things that they were not to consume, the things that were not to take in, God is also saying here, don't be touching it or carrying it. Stay away from it. It'll make you unclean just to be around it. And so um, 24 to 28, it says, by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries part of the carcass of any of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. The carcass of any animal which divides or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. And whatever goes on its paws among all kinds of animals that goes on all fours, dogs, bears, animals that go on all fours, their paws, those are unclean to you. Whoever touches any such carcass shall be unclean. Who touched the carcass of an animal on all fours that was on his paws? Samson. The lion died and they had the honey inside or whatever, he touched it. Um, it was unclean, he wasn't supposed to touch it. Whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. It is unclean to you. And so here God says, look, don't eat it, don't touch it, right? It's not for you to touch, you can't eat it. If you find these things dead, don't go buy them, don't touch them. If you do, you'll be considered ceremonially unclean. You have to wash and be unclean until evening. So I've already talked about it earlier, but it just is wise that if there's something that you cannot have, that 
you wouldn't even be in close proximity. You wouldn't flirt with it. You wouldn't be near it. You wouldn't be touching it if God has forbidden it from your life. And so I think all of us need to be careful how close we live, how close we keep ourselves to that which God has said would defile us or is unclean. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Thanks for tuning in. Leviticus is often a book that gets overlooked and misjudged. Though it seems to be full of meaningless and insignificant rules, nothing can be further from the truth. All of Scripture is so important to understanding not only your faith, but also the heart of God. When God created the Ten Commandments, they weren't meant to control. They were meant to help guide. God desires for all his children to understand that life in him can be full and rich. And that's all God wants for you too. But he won't force you to live in him or live by his guidance. You get to choose it. What a gift. If you're looking to dive deeper into Leviticus or other scriptures, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the word of God on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support a transforming word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining Pastor Bill again next time, right here on A Transforming Word.